everybody listen to We're Not Wizards. Because we are the best. And we're not wizards. No matter what anybody says. Goodbye. to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for June. Because it's six months in and the sun is shining and the birds have gone to bed because it's a little bit late. But you know you can't have everything. Um, sometimes it depends because it depends on the company you like to keep. Sometimes you like to have people kind of around you that you know and sometimes you like to keep maybe a little bit of mixed company. So if I'm going to be talking about mixed company, I really need to speak to somebody who's a little bit of an expert. Maybe somebody who's even made a game about the subject. Maybe somebody who's even got a games company called Mixed Company Games. That person is Elizabeth Snyder and she's joined us today to have a chat about mixed company, which is currently on Kickstarter. Isn't that right, Elizabeth? It is right. That is the truth. Um, it's not a lie. It's not a lie. It's not a lie. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm all right. How are you doing? Um, yeah, you know, broadband aside, we're good. <laughs> right, right. We're fine. You know, other than technology. You know, it's that wonderful, you know, but technically we're talking a couple of thousand miles away almost instantly. Which is so, pretty amazing. You, know, you can't. It is pretty amazing. That's pretty kind of cool. Um, the reason that we have you on tonight... And the reason that we have anybody on the show is because I am very nosy and I like to find out a lot about people. And um, sometimes I put a post on Facebook and I say, who'd like to come on the show and talk about the Kickstarter? And Elizabeth went, she stuck up both of her hands, which I don't know how you do that on Facebook, but she managed it. And so we started talking and they're here tonight to, to have a chat. Um and so here we go and so what we want to do is we just we want to find out a little bit more about your good self about how you got into involved in the hobby in the first place how you got your ideas for mixed company and anything else that we decide to discuss we do not know what is going to happen let's have a, a conversation starter and let's see where it goes which is i believe is a little bit to do with the mixed company game. It fits pretty wrong. well. It's true. There you go. Yes. I've done my, done my research. It's about <laughs> being a little bit nosy, listening yeah. to what people say when mm. you're nosy, mm -hmm. and having little conversation starters. So that's all true. <laughs> I I kind of could probably do with that. Um, how did you? How I mean, how how involved are you in the kind of the the hobby hobby? This world of pressed and printed trees. I mean, how long have you been in kind of playing games and stuff like that? Oh, I'm a giant nerd. <laughs> giant <laughs> nerd. I have, in my dining room, I have mm -hmm. five 10-foot shelves that are all role-playing game books. So I have 50, wow. 50 linear feet of RPG uh -huh. books in my dining room. Um, that's how you measure that in a library. Um, and then... I have an entire closet full of board games to go with that. So we've been we've been doing it for a minute. It's been a little while. I started off in tabletop RPGs. That's right. where I actually started. Yeah. And then my boyfriend at the time, now husband, said, um, let's go play some Avalon Hill games. And so I got in the easy end. I got in the shallow end of the gaming pool with jumping right in to squad leader. Um, That's so, not jumping right in. That is kind of like, you know, you know, give me 150 press-ups and, and right. kind of then Here we so. go. Yeah. Um, but we, oh my gosh, we game all the time. But 
that's and that's honestly kind of how we got into the mixed company side of things too is because there was a discussion at work about some things and I was like I bet I can make a game to fix this (laughs) so (laughs) were you um were you quite um were you quite part of a gaming family kind of growing up then I mean do you remember just kind of like spending kind of like kind of days kind of playing games or 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 did you kind of get into it kind of like school kind of college kind of thing my brother and I used to play all the time my, we didn't play a lot with my parents mm. but I am responsible for my brother's CCG addiction um <laughs> he yeah it could be worse it could be his PCP addiction no, it, it could be a lot worse <laughs> um so when he was about 10 we introduced mm. him to Magic the Gathering and it was all over but the crying um and so that's, that's not a very nice thing to do there's no, several wasn't. Um, terrible it, things you can do as an older <laughs> sister and i think introducing them to introducing somebody to magic the gathering is one of them um so and he he's he's been making up games for a long time he does a lot of making mm-hmm. up games um yeah and he would take our clue set and write entirely new rules for the pieces and then we'd play and it would be totally different than the regular box. Um, much more violent. Um, <laughs> but you would carry around your weapon and try and assault the other players while you were figuring out who had gotten killed. Um, so there was a little bit of stalking in the, on the board going into it. And then he added story cards and it, it got really interesting. But um, so he and I, and then my fiance at boyfriend at the time, now husband, played a lot. At all my, almost every night, we'd play something while I was in high school. I can just um, imagine your brother. I can just imagine your brother saying, "So that's uh, that's ten hit points of damage." And you're like, "Okay, give me your arm." No, he's bigger <laughs> than I am. He's almost a foot taller than me. So I. Wow. No, he's six foot three. Um, wow. so I don't, I don't want to give him the opportunity to win there. Still. <laughs> I'm, I'm, we, I'm only five foot three and a half. So he'll, uh, he'll, he'll definitely win. Um, but he, uh, so we've both, both him and I, he's also into role-playing games, um, and tabletop. And you so got particular we- systems that you're fond of then. I mean, are you, are you a D and D person? You like vampires masquerade? You like does it? Does it vary? I, you sh- have you shadow run? You know, I have done all of those things. I have, I have many of the D's and the D's, and I have, um, I have orange spines. I have fifth. I don't have fifth yet. I have fourth edition stuff. Um, mm-hmm. vampire was my jams. Um, for a long time, I got Vampire Second Edition the week it came out, and um, still have it. Still have, and I have a first edition copy since then that I picked up at a at a uh, used bookstore. Um, but we played Vampire most of the way through college, so we played Vampire for a while, and then switched into. I did a lot of mushing. So all right, a lot okay. of all text-based stuff. Played on some really good werewolf, the apocalypse, um, mushes. Um, and we've played, let's see what else have we played. Uh, Shadowrun is one of my husband's favorites. He's going to go actually play Shadowrun tomorrow night at the game store. Oh, there you go. Um, I, was just, I was just plucking them out of thin right, air. So that right. was just, we have, that was just a guess. We have, oh my gosh, what else do we have? We have... Um, Firefly, the role-playing game. I have Dresden, the role-playing game. Um, I was running a Blades in the Dark game for a little while. Um, I've I've played a lot. <laughs> I've played a lot you, of them. Do you mix it up between GM and your own campaigns, and then being a kind of a, like your own player? Yes. I mean, what and what do you what do you prefer to do? Do you prefer to be kind of weaving the stories for other people or are you quite happy just to kind of like sit back and and let everything wash over you and and let you get immersed in it i like trading off i like trading off i decided very young that i was going to live a life of rejection and decided to be a professional writer (laughs) when i was in the second grade um which i haven't done i've written some novels and i've written a lot of short stories but um Mm -hmm. 
So I like the GMing, um, but I also do like playing. And so I like the fact that we trade off a lot um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in my group. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm much more oh. narrative. My husband gets really frustrated with me because I forget to spend my experience points all the time. And oh, so, okay. Um, so I will, I get really, I'm much more of the ROLE player than mm. the ROLL mm. player. So mm. I tend to mm. lean towards stat to the, like the not class and level based games, but the more um, open ended sandbox style systems if i'm gonna run so you're more ha- are you kind of more happy just to let the story kind of go then and then you have to yeah. get reminded about the stats that you're kind of fighting yes yeah and then well, it'll be like we're getting ready to roll and, and i'll start pulling out my dice and everybody's like why do you have half as many dice as everybody else and i was like oh yeah i uh <laughs> i haven't spent experience points for nine months <laughs> 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 so yeah, I'm much more into the story side and the character development and the world building. What about the the board games? I mean, um, RPGs seem to be one of these things that seem to be continually growing. There's more and more players. Is that is that because of ease of entry? Is that because I can take a room full of people and just say, right, who do you want to be? Roll some dice and away you kind of go. And you don't have to spend kind of pouring over like a rule book. I don't know, man. You know, it takes it? us like three months to make a character in my house. Um, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> not kidding at all. Um, so I think I think it's a combination. I think, I mean, I think some people do really enjoy both. And that's great. And most of, yeah. most of my friends do both. Um, but I can say that some of my friends really lean more one way than the other. Um, I have right. some friends that will play board games if that is what is presented to them as the option to participate in, but they would oh, right. okay. they would much much rather do RPG. And then I have other friends who are like, I mean, we can sit around a table with a pencil, but can we not have something that we see? Like they like the they like the interaction of having the board game. They like the interaction of, and honestly, in a lot of those cases, they like the wrap up. Right, like a board game you play you win or you yeah. lose or you don't and you're done. And then an RPG yeah. it can stretch for years. And I've, you know, I've played in games that lasted 10, 12 years before. Wow. So, um, so it, I think that, I think that that's another piece of it. And I think that the interaction is different. The social interaction is different in a lot of board games versus card games. In a lot of board games, it's you and your friend sitting there doing the thing. And, and again, and, and once we get into the subgenres of the board game session, um, we ha- I have some friends who really only want to play co-op. They don't like mm-hmm. competitive stuff. They only want to play social games, co-op games. They're not interested in playing against each other because they feel like they want the team sportness of it. Mm-hmm, Since, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, most of us are pretty indoorsy. We don't do a lot yeah. of outside i'm in oklahoma it's pretty warm here most of the year so we're very fond of our air conditioning um (laughs) (laughs) it's already been over 90 a few times this year so um yeah i don't i i don't i don't remember i don't we don't know those numbers here right it doesn't happen yeah i know i know speaking to my friends and kind of like um california and utah and telling them that like you know we're getting up to like 56 degrees um right. 56 degrees fahrenheit and saying you know it's you know it's so hot i can't stand it and they're saying look it's it's 62 here and i'm thinking about putting on a sweater what are you talking yeah. <laughs> you know well, it's all what, relative. what are you kind of talking about it's you all know, relative a, I had, all when your gig your aircon yeah. kind of kicks in a, and stuff like that i had a friend in college she was from sweden <laughs> Johan, he uh he came to visit us in August in the hottest it's the hottest August of my life literally it's the hottest August on record that I've been alive it was 114 degrees outside Fahrenheit and he had messaged me we'd been talking online and I was like are you sure you want to come in August are you sure you want to wait till the end of September maybe October yeah. when yeah. you won't melt and he's like <laughs> Listen, Elizabeth, it gets hot here in Sweden too. 
we get up to whatever he missed. He messaged me. He sent me some, I don't yeah. even remember what it was in centigrade. And I converted it and I was like, that's 83 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I appreciate in the heat of the summer, it gets to 83 degrees. Yeah. 83 is yeah. not the same as 114, man. Like no. it's, a, it's no. a whole other level of warm. I said you can apply it. Oh, yeah. you can apply. <laughs> do you think we're role playing? Do you think we're role playing games? It has to be like a certain level of trust because people mm-hmm. aren't just sitting there and playing as a person. They're usually putting on some kind of character, and whether that be a subtle kind of character interaction, you get people, you know, that completely kind of ham it up and completely go for it, and that means you have to be comfortable within the kind of group. Whereas a board game. You can maintain your own identity and just play the game regardless. The The, the board game represents who you are. Yeah. And if you're role-playing, it's you that's representing the character. So you can be playing kind of Istanbul or you can be playing, um, you know, you can be playing Stone Age. You could be, you know, you could be playing Dinosaur Island, but I'm not playing as a caveman. I'm not playing as a geneticist. I'm not playing as a, you know, as a spice trader at the time. I'm still just me. I'm just kind of moving the pieces. Right. Whereas if it was an RPG, there's a potential I'd be trying to put on the kind of the accent or giving myself a bit of a backstory and stuff. Well, not only that, I think that's a really good observation because I think the other thing is, is in a, in a tabletop game, you generally, mine's a little different, hmm. but generally reveal a lot less about yourself than you do in a role-playing game. Yes. When you're playing a character, there's always you in the middle of it. And and you can be something completely different. You can be a stabby, stabby rogue. You can be a vampire. You can be a, you know, Russian dynasty werewolf. You can, you can be all these kinds of different things, but mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. still a, part of you that's in that character and people tend to take things that happen in role-playing games way more personally than they take tabletop games not universally but generally speaking i think that's really true and i i think you're right i think that's another piece of if i've had a really long week and i've used all my words i'm going to be much Mm -hmm. more inclined to want to do five tribes than i am to want to do shadowrun like yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. gonna be, it's gonna be yeah. way more my speed to just chill out, have a coffee, hang out with my board with people, or zombicide. We zombicide a lot, so um, being able to just get it all out. Now we do have some D and D games that we've played where it's essentially a board game where you keep the same character throughout, mm. and there's not as much characterization in there, and that can kind of be in the middle. I think, but, um, but yeah, and no, I think that's a really, I think that's a really good observation about some of the differences between, I think sometimes people prefer board games because they don't want to do that digging that you're doing when you're doing a role-playing game. I think there's also control over the theme as well. I mean, in a board game, I know what I'm doing. I know what it's going to be. There's not really going to be any horrific surprises right. kind of cropping up. You right. know, in a role playing game, it depends. Um, depending on who, the, do I know the DM? Do I know them mm-hmm. well enough? Is it somebody I've only known for a couple of weeks? Is it somebody that I've known a couple of years? Could they be bringing stuff in? That I'm kind of like, I don't like this. This is boring. This is dull. This is exciting. This is scary. This, you know, this is uncomfortable with me, kind of thing as well. So I think you've got, you know, the board game. You're kind of like, if I don't want to play, I can go in and say I'm not into post-apocalyptic dystopia, I don't want to play Wasteland Express delivery service you know, I'm not I'm not going to go in there and be kind of surprised by anything whereas right. I guess in a, a role-playing game there's a potential for somebody to, to you know, to put something else into the game and you're like, oh, okay, I not really, I wanted to go down this route with my game, kind of, thank you right, kinda, thank you very exactly, much. and you know, that wasn't what I expected from a Friday afternoon yeah uh, I know, but on the other side of it, you can get levels of excitement that you potentially might not get in a board game as well. Yeah. You know, you might come away going, that was amazing. That was fantastic. This all clicked into place. What you did there was so kind of funny and fun, you know, good fun. You know, yeah. I remember one of the sessions, which is we were playing um, fifth edition and um, I went into a room and I was a orc and mm-hmm. I went into a room and there was an owl bear there. And I said, um, I am going to roll for animal husbandry. And I rolled like a 19. 
And so the owl bear became my pet. <laughs> yeah. So I spent the rest of the dungeon going around with this owl bear <laughs> behind me. Just like, yeah, it was my control. I just went and we just decimated the rest of the place. It was absolutely fantastic and kind of, and kind of, kind of wonderful. Well, that's, um, if you look at um, Dragonlance, the, mm. the Dragonlance novels, the first set, were written based on game sessions. That mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. how um, Boopoo comes about as a character. The person yeah. who's playing Raceland just crit successed on an enchantment roll. And now all of a sudden there's this character that's this gnome that's following them around and is part of this game and changes the mm. entire dynamic of that character moving forward because it's a different relationship that gets added in there. And it's totally, mm. uh, totally a different thing. So How, so with the kind of the, the knowledge that you had with the experience that you had, you mentioned kind of mixed company kind of came about mm-hmm. because of a, of a work kind of thing yes so were you have you been the type of person that kind of walks into the office and subtly leaves character sheets around people's desks in the hope that they'll go oh what's this and you can say well it's a character sheet if you come along on friday are you kind of like no not generally (laughs) Um, but i work with a bunch of software engineers (laughs) all right well so a, well, so that, I mean, really what ended up happening is we have, we have really interesting conversations. I work for a very small software development firm and I'm a software analyst by day. And um, we have really interesting conversations at work because since it's a small company, we just, we, well, people will walk into my office and sit down and go, so gun control. And <laughs> like, seriously, <laughs> we'll just be like, okay, let's, let's do that. So we have let's these really. So that. Just in-depth conversations at my office when we're when we feel like it, and and we were having a conversation, and and uh, something came up, and I was thinking to myself, well, you're coming from a different background of experience than a lot of other people in the community, and that may be why you mm-hmm. don't necessarily understand the frame of reference that they're making their decisions from in this particular instance. And I said, so what are your what do your African American friends think about that? And mm. he said, well, I don't have any African-American friends right now. And I said, okay, well, what do, what do your Hispanic friends think about that? Mm. I, don't, I don't have any Hispanic people that I talk to. And so I think I've mm. arrived at the reason that you don't know why somebody would have a different opinion than you on this particular yeah. topic. And he said, well, here's the problem. I can't walk up to somebody and say, will you be my black friend? Because that's not gonna, yeah. that's not gonna go well. And I said, "Well, it's good that you've sussed that out early, because um, you're right. I agree. That's not that's not gonna end the way that you want it to. That's not gonna be. It's not gonna get you the result yeah. that you're looking for. And what came out of that conversation was, especially for introverted people, which software engineers in many cases are not always. I've had some people get really mm-hmm. frustrated with me because like I'm not introverted and I'm a software engineer. Good bully for you." Um, but I think that's true in a lot of gaming environments, too. I think one of the reasons that we have so many people in gaming that are introverted goes back to exactly what you were saying a second ago of you, it gives you a structural way to engage with people in a safe box, yeah. in a safe yeah. safe space that you know what's going on, you know what the rules yeah. are, I can pick up this yeah. game, and I can walk up to somebody I don't know, but I understand what that interaction is going to be like because I have this. Yeah, framework. I mean, it's – yeah. I mean, it's no, it's no secret that people that have slight levels of autism that you would say are on the spectrum cope very, very well in a board game or an RPG kind of environment because there's not necessarily the surprise elements for them because they've got the rule book. And even in an RPG situation, if, you know, if a warg or whatever is charging at you, you're in control of that situation because there are you are only granted kind of like four or five actions. Right. You know, the DM isn't all of a sudden going to um, put you in a situation where you're potentially, you can't, you don't have the skills to deal with that situation because you, at the beginning, you're rolling your character kind of, to kind of deal with that. So I can understand the, the board, the attraction. And I know people at the... Um, at the board game club that I go to who, you know, are they say, yeah, I, you know, I have, you know, I've got 
social interaction issues. I'm aware I'm, you know, somewhere a little bit on the Asperger's or autism spectrum. But if you, you know, if you're playing a board game with them, you wouldn't know that unless it was brought up in conversation. Right. Really. Exactly. You know, because they're, you know. And so that's, so that's where it came from is, is I was like, okay, so how can I make a game about cutting through small talk? Essentially, because mm-hmm. that's one of the other things they were saying they were really frustrated by when we got into this larger conversation is they're like, I want to know these things. Like they genuinely wanted to get other people's perspectives and input and feedback, but they didn't have a way to do that. They don't want to spend five weeks or a year or two years getting to know somebody before they can ask them these questions that mm-hmm. are, you know, kind of driving their their uh, curiosity at that point. So, um or impacting their decision making, right? I mean, we're getting ready to here. We're getting ready to come into a pretty big election year. There's going to be some significant things that are going on, hopefully, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, a lot of a lot of what we're seeing politically happening in this area right now is people don't necessarily really understand the perspective of different people as well as we'd like to think we do. And so, having an avenue to do that. That again is in a box. It's safe. It's structured. So we, when I've been designing the game, that was really kind of one of the cornerstones that I kept in mind. You know, a lot of people will come from. I'm in a couple of board game designer groups, and they'll come from different angles. They'll be like, "I have this mechanic. I want to do a game that's a, you know, that's a take that, or I want to do a game that that uses really cool dice, or I want to do like they're mm-hmm. coming from a mechanics perspective." And for me. I mean, that really was the mechanics perspective that I was coming from, was I wanted to make the game a space where there was structure around the conversation. So everybody coming into the space knew that's what was going to go on. That's what you were going to be doing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's uh, so this weekend I was at a convention running lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of sessions of my game. And... Um, in my booth, I had a table, and one of the things we do is we lure small children in with candy. And so I have a bowl of candy on the table in the middle of my booth, right? And Can't see that, Elizabeth. Um, <laughs> their parents are there. Their parents are right there. Child catchers. So, so, <laughs> children, get so off they, my candy. Children. <laughs> You've got a cage. Have you got, like, a gypsy wagon getting no, a thing? No, no I've got a folding thing, table. The sides fall off. No, it's it's perfectly safe. Um, just a lot of sugar. Um, so then there's that argument. But so the children would come up and they'd see the bowl of candy, and they would say, "Can I have a piece mm. of candy?" And I would say, "I don't know. Will you play my game with mm-hmm. me first? And they would look mm. at me for a second, like it's a trick. I know it's a trick. See, it moves very Lady. quickly from being bribery into blackmail. Yes, kind of yes. Um, or, um, or a capitalist exchange. I'm trading my piece of candy for five minutes of your time, right? So, um, <laughs> will they get a better get used to working like this in this environment? <laughs> Especially if you're going to be here. So, their <laughs> parents if you're going to be in software engineering, <laughs> right? You twenty hour shift and you get two bits of candy. That just <laughs> sounds like sounds like a dream for some organizations out there. <laughs> So the the parents will come up and they'll be like, okay, they don't talk with people much. I was like, that's okay. We'll just see what happens. Mm -hmm. So I would stack the deck and I would pull out questions that were age appropriate for the little kids because technically Mm. my game's 10 and up, mostly because I want them to be able to read the cards. But these were littler kids than that most of the time. But if you read them the cards, they can really have a good time. So I would read them three questions. I said, okay, we're going to pick. Do you want to talk about if you were bitten today? Would you rather be a vampire or a werewolf? Do you want to mm-hmm. talk about should pineapple be allowed to be served on pizza? Which is an incredibly explosive topic, by the way. Or do you want to talk about if you found a briefcase and it had lots and lots of money in it and you had to hide for 24 hours where no one could find you, where would you hide? What are those? What sounds fun? And they would point at a card and repeat it back to me. Pizza. Let's talk about the pizza. And they would say, I like pineapple on my pizza. And I would say, okay, tell me about why you like pineapple on your pizza. And they would, you know, go into the description. And we'd talk for just a couple minutes. And I would say, okay, perfect. Thank you so much. And then I'd reach over to the little trophy cards and I'd pull out trophy card. I'd say, I want to give you the best supporting points. 
because you made the mm. best argument about why you like the pizza. And they would get mm-hmm. all excited. And I'd say, okay, now you get to pick your candy. You, you did your half. I'll do my half. Here's the candy. And the parents are standing mm-hmm. there watching this whole interaction. And then the parents are like, well, how does that game work exactly? Because this is a child that they've already told me is not going to talk to me and is not going to want to play a word game and is not going to want to play mm-hmm. a talking game. And so mm-hmm. far, I've had two that didn't play out of a year of, con- wow. of conventions. I've had two. And, and they were literally about to, one of them was about to melt down. Like she was mm. done for the day and she just her mom angle, was yeah. like, stick the candy in her mouth. <laughs> like she just needs a minute. Um, and then the other one was really nonverbal. But the sister came up behind the brother and she wanted to play. Mm. And so we had a couple of families this weekend because now that it's live on Kickstarter, I could say you can literally go on Kickstarter right now. Put your and money just, on the barrel head and yeah, get in yeah. there. And they were they were really surprised. And it's been fun to watch when we play longer games, the parents sitting down with their kids and the the dad will answer one of the questions and he'll say, Well, you know, I there's um there's a question that's if you had to choose between uh, living in perfect health until the age of 50 or you would live until the age of 100 but you would never see the sun after your 18th birthday which one did you pick and it was um, a family there were two like older teenage girls one of them was about 19 the other one was probably 17 and then a mom and a dad and they sat down to play and it gets to the dad and he says well I would have to pick the 100 because I want to see my mm. grandkids and his daughters turned and looked at him and they're like, dad, you, I never knew you even thought about that. And he goes, I think about it all the time. I want to see what your kids are like. I want to meet your kids when you're old enough mm. to have kids and you've found a person you want to have kids mm. with. I want to meet your kids. And if I picked 50, then I'd have like three years before I'd be gone. And I'd never get to meet your kids. Yeah. And so it was, it, but it was a really neat conversation because then the daughters are like, I never realized you thought about that kind of stuff. I never realized you wanted those things. And the dad starts talking about how he would live underground in tunnels and, and, you know, and so it's, um, cause it's how you avoid the sun. Right. So, but it gets really, it gets really fun. Um, and it's, uh, it's, Again, it's still within the framework of the game because we have a consensus building piece at the beginning where just like I asked the kid, which one of these three things do you want to talk about? Everybody puts out questions and they get voted on. So everybody feels like they had a part of making the decision about what the topic is going to be. So there's an opportunity mm-hmm. for objection. There's an opportunity to pass on something. There's there's the chance to choose as a group what the topics are going to be. And so sometimes groups will go more casual and sometimes groups will go more serious. And sometimes they'll pick a casual topic that goes more serious. Um, and uh, it's really been fun to watch. I'm currently wondering if you are a pineapple on pizza person. That's driving I me up the wall. love pineapple on my pizza. My husband believes it is a travesty. Um, so it means I get way more pizza leftovers than he does. I believe that it depends on the quality of the ham. That's fair. That is going on the pizza at the same time. Because if it is that processed ham, which looks like it's just made out of like, you know, pencil or razor rubbings glued (laughs) together and then painted pink. You know the stuff I'm talking about? Yeah. It's like you chew into the pizza and you're going, this isn't the dough. And it's like, no, I'm chewing on the ham. But if you get some really nice gourmet kind of thicker ham, almost like gammon on that pizza with a little bit of pineapple, I, I, I will eat that all day. If it's the cheap processed, you know, you know, the type of ham that you would see in a supermarket and it's the one that's in the shape of a bear's face. Right, that's you not what, what we I'm want. Talking about. It's not, you know, ham isn't that color. It has a little bit of jelly. You don't get it. that kind of that doesn't get, yeah, just round the edges. That's not gonna yeah. you no. know, so there. Um, you know, werewolf and vampire, that's obvious werewolf. Oh, see? I'm gonna go vampire. I'm gonna go vampire. See, I have to go werewolf. I have to go werewolf. Because then I like you know, because oh. why not? Because oh. everybody would go vampire. Well what flavor werewolf are you gonna go though? There's lots of flavors of werewolf. Just a really big one. Okay. 
a stupid one. (laughs) Like a big, I'd turn into a big, stupid kind of Labrador werewolf that doesn't have sharp teeth, (laughs) but kind of kills people with this three foot long, stupid drool covered tongue (laughs) and just whips them kind of out the way. And then, you know, and I get invited into people's houses and I would sit in front of the fire. And then wait until they went to bed, and then I'd eat them. Because after all, I'm still a werewolf. I'm still a werewolf. <laughs> I've still got, you know, still got a kill. See, I'm still going back to the whole I'm indoorsy thing. So the less, the son and I are not friends. And uh, so the less time I have to be outside, the better. And I always think of werewolves yeah, as pretty outdoorsy. But I wouldn't mind that. See, the issue with vampires is that, you know, you can ask everybody. I mean, you can go into a kindergarten class nowadays and say, children, and these are kids who can barely, they're just barely out of diapers. Half of them can't walk. Most of them can't speak. And you could say to them, (laughs) could you give me three methods for getting rid of vampires? And I guarantee within 15 seconds, they would have given you the steak, the sunlight, the crossing water kind of thing. You go in there and you ask them about werewolves, you got, you know, not... The, I mean, people say silver, but, you know, really? And you know how difficult it is to get hold of silver nowadays. I mean, it's not that difficult to make a cross, you know. That's true. That's true. You know, you know, it's not that difficult at all. So, werewolves, for that reason, and it's surprising. Vampires, you're all kind of moody and going up to people and they go, oh, you're a vampire, it's so obvious. <laughs> werewolves... Well, vampires are like you know you don't you don't get sudden attacks of where of vampires not really not generally no even from dust till dawn there's like a general surprise werewolves right. I mean any werewolf film is kind of like snatched in the dark and then ripped to shreds you know so that's that's you know I thought about this oh, we have to no we, we <laughs> on have, a number of we have regular discussions about it we also have discussions about if a portal opens up in front of us. And it doesn't look like it's a dystopian nightmare on the other side. We're supposed to grab each other and jump through. My husband and I, we like, we already have a deal. You don't have to ask. You just do it. Just go. <laughs> just jump. As long as you, as long as you okay. can grab the other person and you can go, you just do it. Okay. And if, okay. And if you jumped into a portal and it wasn't a dystopian nightmare future, but it was run by either cats or dogs. I would fare much better in a f- world that was run by cats. Because cats like me. I don't have a problem with dogs. Dogs like me okay, but I am a cat person. So, Really? Yeah. yeah. See, I'd have to go dogs. Which makes I've sense from this, your werewolf answer. I, well, I've always got this great fear. I always think about these things that people say to me, well, I like cats. I do like cats. Cats are cute and they have their place. But my mother has cats and I always worry about cats and the simple fact of this, you know, if you die during the night, the dog would sit at the end of the bed and they would mourn you until help arrived and you were found, yeah? A cat wouldn't wait until your corpse was cold before it'd be on your face, eaten away. I'm just telling you. Then you're not wrong. They'd be straight on you. Yeah. Um, I, I am. I have to ask the question, based on kind of your experience and based on, you know... What? How much you've been involved in the hobby and stuff like that? Why was your first game fairly non-thematic? I think it was because after you know, there's no vampires in here, and right? I'm not seeing I know. any. And there's not a lot of cyberware in my game. No. Um. No. As a rule, I mean, there there could be questions that come up that that we add in there, but. Um, I think it was because it was, it was a timely thing. Like Hmm. my husband and I have worked on, like we could create a role-playing game world. We could create a universe. We could, I actually, so back in the olden times when 3.5 was coming out, um, many, many moons ago, there was a call for submissions for you, for world building. Because they were going to mm. have worlds that they were going to put out. And my husband and I each submitted two or three different submissions for that, for world building. Um, and we would always kick around, well, we could take those and we could, you know, do open gaming license and we could do that. But it, there was never really enough pressure to do it, I think. 
And for this one, right. it was it was kind of a timely thing. It was kind of okay. We we need something to fill this gap. There's not a game that does this. So whenever I'm going out to different places, and people walk up to the table the first day, like, oh, is this like Cards Against Humanity? And one of the ladies that comes and runs the table with me immediately is like, no, no. <laughs> she gets really upset. She's like, this game is nice. People are nice to each other. And I'm like, I mean, most of the time they're nice to each other. But um, but in terms of the social games out there, most of them are more oriented towards, um, I mean, and I love me a good game of Cards Against Humanity, don't get me wrong. But it's not going to help you see somebody else's perspective. It's not going to help you understand somebody else better in a way that makes you feel safe and healthy about the world. Um, and so, and, and there are times when I find out things about people that I'm like, oh, oh, you just shared that in public at a gaming convention yeah. where people could hear you. Um, and sometimes it's really touching and sometimes it's like, mm, I don't know if I would have told that to a stranger, but sure. Um, but <laughs> at the same time, it's, it's really like the more I've played, the more I, it's brought home to me that people really don't feel like anybody's listening to them like to them personally about what they have going on in their experience. Yeah. 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 I think that what I've seen from, and, and believe me, we get, I get emailed, you know, I would say on an average of once every two to three months is somebody that's bringing up the next kind of edgy card game. Right. Where you have to kind of say something kind of as kind of edgy and insulting as possible. And I guess, um, one of the, one of the things I'm aware of at the moment is there's not an awful lot of talking mm-hmm. to, you know. I've said this recently on another podcast. There's an awful lot of polarization going on, right? Whereas you're on one side of the land or you're on the other side of the land, and you know it's even been shown across kind of political voting things, the way that people are voting for and against kind of motions and things like that mm-hmm. that it's, it's very very kind of divided um and so what's intriguing to me about your game is kind of bringing people to talk over a topic and not and yeah if it goes funny it's brilliant but it's all about getting people to talk right which is kind of like really really you know is really really important more though more now than than kind of ever i guess and i think you know, which is kind of interesting exactly i think that's why it actually happened, why I actually did it and why I didn't mm-hmm. just sit around and say, well, I can work on that on the weekends when I have time and it'll be fine. And, um, cause you know, I've got notebooks of story ideas for novels and I've got notebooks of character ideas for games and, and mm-hmm. the, you know, the blades of the dark game I was talking about, I've run a few sessions and we don't play for six months and I'm like, Hey, do you want to get together and play again? And we get together and play and it's very, lackadaisical and we play when we want to play but for this one it felt like yeah if this doesn't if this this is the time when this needs to be available to people and it's about families being able to connect and have a real conversation with each other because parents don't know how to talk to their kids kids don't know how to talk to their parents teenagers don't know how to communicate with each other people who are trying to express themselves don't have a venue to do that. And Mm. people like just more and more polling and data is showing how isolated people are feeling, even when they're in the midst of a lot of people. And so it just felt like, okay, this, like this needs to, we need to do something with this. Like we need to get out there and, and do it. And so, um, so that's why now, Getting into this has meant that my husband is now trying to think about games he wants to design, and we've talked about yeah. a couple of other things that would be different. Mixed company, we've decided I have a business partner that is my uh, partner, Steve, for this project, and and he and I have decided that mixed company is always going to be mixed company. Like We have tons of different expansions and rule sets and ideas for ways to take the same concept and 
you know, go in a different direction with it or add in different types of cards or add in different types of Mm -hmm. conversation topics. And we have a blog where people, we have contributors who come in and write an article on a topic that they're engaged in. And we add a set of questions that you can use to play with afterwards and um, things like that. And so it's, this has plenty of replayability and expansion potential all on its own. Um, And so it, uh, I think it's, that's going to work really well and it's on a standalone, but we'll, we'll probably have some other stuff that comes out. That's more gamey. Now this is, I think one of the things that people don't notice until they actually get to play is there's, it, it is a social game and it is kind of a party game though. You can only play with up to six people because after six people, it splits into multiple conversations and it's not really one game anymore. Um, yeah. Like I've watched it. I've done different play tests where I had seven people or I had eight people or I had one where we played with 15 people and, and it just, it splits and the groups always end up being under six, six or less. So it's just naturally as people, that's how we communicate. We can communicate in a group of six, but if you get past that, somebody's not talking or it splits into multiple conversations. So, um, yeah. But it is, there is a lot of game to it. There's, there's a good amount of, like, when you're, there's a really casual rule set where it's just literally talk about the pizza. But then there's a more strategic rule set where you play challenges on each other that make you take different perspectives or different argumentation styles. And then there's actions that you plan each other to try and engage each other in different ways. And you can use a lot of different strategies to do that within the game. Mm-hmm. And some people are really good at that part and some people are not. And it just, and I think it really, it's been funny to watch because we'll be playing and, and I'll be like, well, you could use an action card for that. Like I see in your hand. And they're like, I just want to talk about this. And they started off with like, well, tell me the rules. How do I win? What are the victory conditions? Like, how do I, yeah. how do I win the conversation? And, um, and so They'll start off there, and then when we get into the topics, they're like, wait, I don't, I'm not worried about that. I just want to know what the answer is to my question. Um, and so it's, uh, it, that's kind of fun to watch, too. But it, it is, there are ways in which it's still really gamey. Um, it's just not as, there's no figures, there's no board. It's a pretty small card set, really, by comparison. Um. So yeah, is this not is this not with a rule of with a viewpoint then that it's going to be, I guess, more attractive to the retail market as well in terms of distribution. I hope so. Because I know one of one of my one of um, one of my friends, um, um, Emma, um, she has the game Quirk, mm-hmm. which is basically you. It's like. It's hand collection, basically. But in mm-hmm. order to steal cards from other people, you've got to basically either do a voice or do an action of the card that you want. So if you're playing the Halloween edition, if you're wanting to get you know, the Dracula or the werewolf, if you think somebody else has got a Dracula card, then you've got to pretend, you've got to make, you know, you got to pretend, do an action of what a vampire would do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're, you know, if you're the werewolf, you might be saying, do the sound of the werewolf makes kind of thing. And if they've got that card, they give you that kind of card. But they've made huge inroads into distribution and retail. You know, they're in kind of several retail stores now. Yeah. And from what I can see from mixed company, it strikes me as a game in a similar kind of vein that I can imagine somebody kind of picking up, um, you know, at the local store. Right. You know? Or like at a, yeah, that's, I mean, that's really our objective is to get it out mm. there. Originally, mm. we were going to be an event-based company. We first got started because mm-hmm. I'm working with programmers again. We were going to have this quiz. You took this long survey, you filled out all this stuff, and we were going to force diversity into these conversations mm. with table planning and seating charts. And I realized really fast, I didn't want to be an event planner. <laughs> it's like, Mm-mm, that's a lot of, and mm. the other thing that was funny is we were going out, we were demoing the game and playing it at different events to try and get people interested in coming to my proto events. And they're like, but I want to buy it. And I'm like, you can't buy it. You have to come to my party. I'm like, but mm. I, I want to take it home and play it with my Nana. 
I'm like, no, no, you have to bring your Nana to my party. <laughs> like I'm arguing yeah. with them. And then I'm, they're like, will you not just take my money for your game? And I was finally like, <laughs> oh my God. Okay, fine. I'll take your money. Um, so, uh, which I'm more, much more comfortable with actually <laughs> trying to organize and run events. So that worked out well for me, but, um, but yeah, exactly. And that's really, I mean, that's the hope, right? Is that we'll get like a Target or a CVS or a, you know, a big chemist or pharmacy or box store um, to pick it up and and have it available. And it'll be sitting up there mm-hmm. next to Cards Against Humanity and Bears versus Babies and, you know, all those other... All the other ones. All the other ones. But, um, but here's what's been really interesting to me that I didn't expect, honestly. Because our our main box set initially that's on the Kickstarter right now comes with the all ages questions that we've nailed down over the course of playing. Because we were playing with about 150 questions. We've trimmed it down um, to the ones that people actually vote for and pick all the time. And Mm -hmm. um, we keep getting people wanting us to do a not safe for work edition. And we were planning on doing not safe for work booster packs. But apparently from a distribution market perspective, the feedback we keep getting from people in the industry is you need a not safe for work edition to get on the shelf. And I'm, Mm. I mean, I can do that. I'm fine with that. It's fun. I've had some fun, not safe for work questions. Like, you know, what would you do if your kids found a video of you in a porno? But, um, but I, it surprised me that that's the market, that that's what people perceive as the market for these games and i think that i don't think they're wrong i mean from a buyer's perspective that's the question we get all the time but then we also get the question of can i play this with my kids can i play this at my house can i play this with my family and it seems to there seems to have been this weird divide in the gaming industry of games that are one side or the other and don't transition and i'm like well why can't I be both. Why can't I, which we've designed this to be able to do. Um, Yeah. But so we have, we have a lot of teachers who want to use it in the classroom and they're a little trepidatious at first because they're like, well, can I just take this and put it in my classroom? I guess this, this edition has no questions that are going to be objectionable to your principal. You're not going to get a reasonable adult human being coming in and saying, why are you exposing a 12 year old to this? Like these are, these are yeah. all concepts that are going to be safe for that. And we've we've designed the game so that when we add those not safe for work questions, then they'll be super easy to just pull right out. And you'll be able to identify them really quickly um, and just snatch them out of the game so that they're not in mm. there when your cousin comes over or whatever. So what's the price of entry then? If 15. we've listened and we said, well, I want, I want to get involved in this mixed company. It's $15, $15. US. Yeah. That's it. $15 US and then in the U- in the states we have we have international levels for backers and and US levels for backers. So in the states we're going to do shipping through a pledge manager. Um okay. but we've we've added in what we anticipate the shipping cost is going to be on the front end for the international pledges. All right, okay. Yeah. Cool. 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 Yeah. And um if people have listened along tonight and they want to keep an eye on what you guys are up to, where do you exist on the internet webs? On the interwebs? Um, yeah. So we have a website that is www.mixed.company, M-I-X-E-D dot C-O-M-P-A-N-Y. You spell the whole word out. Um, and that's the main website. And if you want to go to the Kickstarter mm-hmm. It's mix.company mm-hmm. forward slash KS. That'll take you okay. right into the Kickstarter. Um, and we have a lot of activity in our Facebook group. We have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. And we do cool. polls. And one of the things right now, if you get involved in the Kickstarter that we're doing that's a little bit different, is there's a set of questions that are going to be Kickstarter exclusive questions that right. are being written by the backers and voted on by the backers as the okay. campaign goes. So the earlier you get in, even if you just get in, we also have a print and pray level. We have a $2 level where you can get the print and play and we'll email you the PDFs out um, with no shipping because it's through electrons, which is magical. Um, 
So uh, as soon as the campaign ends and we've finished finalizing the format for the cards, then you could have the print and play mm-hmm. right away. And we've had a lot of people just want to get the print and play because the print and play came out. I mean, I'm a little biased, obviously, but the the print and play came out really nicely because it's a very aesthetically clean game. There's the, the graphics yeah. are really simple. And so we've done a light print edition so that you can print it on a home printer um, and not kill your ink cartridges and also not have yeah. your cards curl. Um, yeah. So, uh, so you can, especially if, if you're international and that's where you're more comfortable, it's a, it's a really valid option and good choice, but then that gets you in on the voting. That'll get you in on voting for the questions, submitting questions um, cool. and getting in on the cool. action right away. And uh, can we find you on Twitter as well? We do have a Twitter channel. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. The Twitter is mostly gonna repost my Facebook posts. Okay. Um, it, it is on Twitter. We are on Twitter, and we have we have a few other people that interact with us on Twitter. That my partner manages the Twitter, so I don't I haven't seen it as much as he does. But um, but those are those are the two social media platforms: is Facebook and and Twitter. I do more of the Facebook stuff. He does more of the Twitter stuff. Um, cool. Cool. And uh, we would love to have everybody come and join us and hang out and ask questions and <laughs> see what people think. Awesome. Awesome. Um, what we'll do is we will put all of those links in the show notes so that we've got notes to show. <laughs> um, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah. Um, it's been uh, fun. Um if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to, you can go to the internet webs and we're on all types of places, worn out faces, worn out places. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, uh, which is We're Not Wizards Instagram, We're Not Wizards Facebook. Guess what? We're Not Wizards. You can find us on our website, which is We're Not Um If you want to read some words, go to We're Not if you want to see photographs Instagram we're on there if you want to uh, subscribe to the show um, you can go to places that have cast in the name or pod in the name and you'll find us you can also go to Spotify which has neither in the name and you'll find us there too Um, if you like what you've listened to tonight there's two things you can do tell someone else you know even if you don't like them and you want to inflict a Scottish person on them for however long, do that. Um, or the other thing you can do is you can go to um, Apple Podcasts for as long as it lasts, because apparently it's going to be a new app, so there you go. Um, and you can leave us, you guess, or give us a subscription, or you can leave us a rating, or you can give us a review. If you are going to be giving us a rating or a review, don't give us 10 stars, because it makes us big-headed. But don't give us one star... It makes us cry, and I, I am an ugly crier. Give us something in the middle, because um, it's you know five, because it's in the middle and it's average, and we're just a little bit average. But the person who's not been average tonight is a rather wonderful, rather fantastic. I give you, uh, she's not been mixed company. She's been good company. <laughs> it's uh, Elizabeth uh, Elizabeth Snyder. Um, Again, thank you very, very much for for coming on. There's only two more things to do. The first thing is to remember that we are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Elizabeth? I mean, sometimes I pretend like I'm a wizard. I understand that you do not pretend that you're a wizard. Um, No. I, I, from time to time, do pretend that I'm a wizard. Right, okay. I mean, I'm just being honest. I want to be truthful. That's always one. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. But it's I fine. will make sure to let everyone else know that you, sir, are not I, a wizard. That's, that's, that's acceptable. I will, you know, I'll hold you to that. Yes. And the, the second thing is to say goodbye. Uh, so it's a goodbye from Elizabeth. Say goodbye, Elizabeth. Goodbye. Thank you for having me. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe, roll sixes, make something awful. And um, if you fancy a little bit of conversation, um, a little bit of a conversation starter, something that gets you thinking, something that gets you blathering, something that gets you discussing, then check out Mixed Company. Um, It's on its way to funding. It's doing well. Um, Check it out. And it's something different. Um, 
just like me. But until the next time, goodbye. A wizard is never late. Nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. Mm-hmm.